two things I did was once I knew the area that I was hunting, I got the bus schedule and the trash schedule from the city. And uh, the reason being is everybody knows when, the, you know, everybody t- gets up to work basically at the same time, gets in the garage, leaves, and that, well, there's that movement that will affect your deer, you know, getting them traveling, you know, behind the yards and, and through the neighborhood and stuff. But the other thing that, believe it or not, which actually will impact your, your deer movement in these urban areas is the school buses picking kids up because you're going to have the kids out there making a lot of noise. You're going to have school bus coming in. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while i can load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old Wise Eye, Hornady, Buck Grits, Eagle Seed, 12 Volt Power Pack presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to the show, everybody. Alex Rutledge on the phone via phone from my home. And Redbone's in the studio recording everything. Wayne will not join us until later today, possibly, maybe, maybe not. Okay. But uh, it is a cool morning this morning here, Redbone, in the Ozarks. Well, we're recording actually on Thursday, and that is the case. Uh, yeah, it looks like, well, you know, and fall is officially here now. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we ought to get some fall-like weather, and I think it'll be that way. Although the weekend, they're talking about near 90 on Saturday and then, you know, mid-80s on Sunday. So we're not done with the hot weather yet. No, we're not. I tell you what, though, this cool morning here in drizzling rain when I got up, uh, before daylight this morning to get out and feed the animals and it sure did make me feel good it made me think about <laughs> man i need to be getting in the woods here soon but as you said the weather is not over yet the warm temperatures are not over and uh, that being said a lot of people are shooting some deer uh, i've seen some big deer killed all over the country being mm-hmm. posted. Uh, we had a big deer killed here behind my house last sunday evening by a little girl Really? And she shot about a 135-inch nine-pointer. Whoa. I knew the buck. I had video of the buck. I passed him last year as a four-and-a-half-year-old, five-and-a-half. But uh, big nine-point, great footage of him, just trying to shoot something bigger and older. But the deer are moving. My wise-eye cameras are blowing up with pictures right now as we speak. My phone just buzzed. That was a picture of a deer uh, coming in or a turkey or something. But uh, I'm standing in my yard here by my garden, and Daisy, our deer that roams free, it comes and goes, is standing here beside me. As soon as I pulled up, she comes running out here to me, 
and I guess she's hungry, but she's going to have to wait until after this show was over. So, <laughs> well, it's a wonder she's not eating something right out of the garden. Well, she can't get in the garden because I got a fence around it. But she's eating eagle seed clover that I planted in our yard here, and eating some of the grass. You can hear the roosters crowing in the background. They're wanting out of the pen. And my other turkeys that Linda raised, they're over on the porch pooping on Linda's porch. She's going to be mad. Oh boy, yeah, that's not that's not a good thing at all. <laughs> no, it is not. I, I got to share some good news uh, with everybody. Uh, there's some, a new company out there. They're a couple of years old. The company's called Tide We. They're based up in northern states, and they've got clothing line. They've got range finders. They've got a recurve bow. They've got uh, ground blinds, uh, boots. Uh, we are teaming up with Tide We. It's it's going to be official October the 1st. We're going to be help promote them. They've got the see-through blinds, Redbone. We can sit yeah. inside, and you can see 360 degrees around you. And they cannot see in, and they are selling like hotcakes. Yeah, isn't that the company also that does the uh, the heated gloves? They are the same company. Yes, they yeah. are. I met with. Uh, I got to uh, give a big thanks out there to MD Dale, Matt Dale, who is huge in YouTube. He's teamed up with Tide We, and he put in a good word for American Roots and myself. And had a phone meeting yesterday with Cody Solberg, who's in charge of marketing. And they took a look at what we're doing, and they like what we're doing. So we're teaming up with them, and we're going to help promote their stuff. And we're going to have them on the show sometime soon with us also cool. talking about their products and their brands and American products. And uh, just Cody Soberg is a big walleye fisherman. He, uh, You go on his YouTube channel. His YouTube channel is very popular. He gets over 100,000 hits sometimes wow. on some of his stuff, trolling for big walleye. And I'm hopefully going to have Cody down here to fish the current river with us sometime. That would be cool. Yeah, or take him over Lake Norfolk and catch some of those big walleye, or, or down on the Spring River. Uh, right here in yeah. Mammoth Spring, they got a lot of walleye in Spring River. May try to get him to spend about a week with me, and when he comes, we'll just try to fish all these places. Yeah. But I want to give a big shout-out to Cody. He'll be listening up in the northern states of Wisconsin. That's where he's from. Okay. And uh, they're excited about that. And uh, changing gears just a little bit, the St. Louis Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals are in a slump right now, a hitting slump. Yeah, and it is San pretty Diego bad. Padres, yeah, yeah, it's real bad. Well. Uh, Padres is hit, out hitting them bad. Well, didn't out hit us so bad uh, Wednesday night. I mean, one to nothing was the final there, and three to nothing the night before. But uh, yeah, Cardinals. I mean, I saw their average with runners on in scoring position was like one fifty two, and it could be even worse yeah. if they actually had runners in scoring position because <laughs> they're not they're not even doing that. And you know, Wednesday night the kid almost threw a no hitter against them. Uh, Cardinals didn't have a yeah. hit until the seventh inning. And, uh, and again, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, but Wednesday, Tuesday, and back to Monday, uh, Cardinals have scored one run in their last three, uh, four ball games, and that's not good. That won't yeah, get it done. That will not get it done. Well, it won't get it done, but also it just goes to show you how tough the pitching is at other teams. You know, Miklas, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Miklas. He's a great pitcher and everything. But his release, if you ever notice his lineup, he, he's, he's easy to read when he when he launches the ball. But uh, they got some weird, weird pitchers at San Diego. One guy hops, jumps up and down several times, and he cocks himself and throws it. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the Chiefs, uh, man, they got a big game coming up, I guess, Sunday 
uh, it's Sunday or Monday. Uh, I got a big game coming up in Liberty Eagles. Liberty Eagles are four and zero right now. Mm-hmm. Redbone. Yeah, so are the Houston Tigers. Yep, and we face Houston here. I think in three weeks. Yeah, Fair plays them Saturday afternoon. Friday night at Willow Springs. Yeah. Yeah, Fair plays Houston Saturday afternoon, by the way. Those of you that are listening to this yep. show on K-Country 95, we'll have the Bobcat game for you 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So I hope you'll join us for that. But yeah, the SCA, the, the, tournament. Yeah, the SCA Alex, the SCA is kind of, it's Liberty's to lose right now. I mean, after beating Ava, I mean, there's nobody else, I don't think, that can challenge him or come even close. And I, I know Mountain Grove is a big game, uh, but I don't think Mountain Grove's got the firepower to, to score with them, so... Uh, it's it's liberties to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think Liberty's going to lose. I, I think their defense is probably the best defense I've seen in years that Liberty's had. Yeah, well, and we all—I mean, we all hope that. I mean, that's that's what the, the hope is around the conference. But you also have to remember they're fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen-year-old boys, and sometimes things exactly. happen. <laughs> yeah, you never right. know what's going right. to happen well, on Friday night. I'm not being arrogant, but we're not taking anybody lightly. I don't care if it's Willow Springs, Houston, Kabul, anybody. But they're not saying they're going to beat them. They're just saying they're going there to play their best, and that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying from what I'm looking at, I think the Eagles are going to be tough to beat. And they can be beat, but I think they're going to be tough to beat right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, especially in the SCA. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we're going to go to a break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to have more American Roots Outdoors. We're talking about early season whitetails, part two. And we're going to talk about strategies, again, more in-depth and tactics to use right now. The cooler temperatures coming in here. Uh, you don't want to miss this. It's going to help you close the deal on the deer you're hunting. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, calling from my home via cell phone. Here in the front yard is daisies eating eagle seed clover and grass and fescue and seed here in the yard. And the turkeys and roosters are crowing in the background. Uh, the topic of this show, again, is early season whitetails, tactics and techniques. And we, this is part two of myself and Redbone talking about strategies and techniques to help you possibly close the deal on your hunt with the deer that you're hunting. Uh, I guess, you know, the last show we had, Redbone, we covered a lot of great content. Would you agree? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've had several comments about that. 
and uh, uh, you know, and really just kind of you know scratched the surface because there are so many yeah. hunters and 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 you know it, it's fun to get with a group of hunters and talk about different tactics for different parts of the season because everybody has their own little tricks or things that they've learned over the years and, yeah. and you can learn a lot just from talking with other deer hunters. Yes, Wayne has joined us now, Redbone. Welcome back to the show, Redbone. Uh, Wayne, uh, excuse me for the mistake there. Glad that you could join us, Wayne. Hey, glad I was able to get in uh, real quick here. Uh, sorry I couldn't get into the studio today. Yeah, we were talking about early season whitetails part two, and we were talking about the, the topics we covered in the last show, which was great topics and subject matter. And I, I guess the thing I want to touch on just right off the bat, Red, uh, Wayne, Redbone, you share your thoughts too. One of the most important things that we can promote and, and talk about right now is, you know, you got to have the deer to hunt in your area that you're going to hunt. And, and scouting is an important role in knowing where these deer are at. If you're not using trail cameras, a great way to scout right now, especially in the Midwest here. Uh, in the Ozarks, uh, the acorns are dropping everywhere. We've got acorns galore here north of Birch Street, and the deer in the yard eating acorns all the time. Uh, the big thing to do is scout and find the food sources. Uh, they've quit hitting food plots here where I'm at. They hit them a little bit, but they're mainly in the woods, Redbone and Wayne, right now. Well, yeah, I mean, when their favorite food is laying out there in the ground in cover, uh, that's where they're going to go. I mean, that's, uh, I would do the same thing if I was a deer or, or deer hunted people. You know, they'd, they'd always find us, you know, where we eat, and that's where we find them. And I agree that, uh, you know, the easiest way to tell when your acorns are dropping is with your trail cameras because when you stop seeing them in the field, that means they're staying in the woods, like you said. And uh, you look at our uh, our fields, Alex, uh, you know, we're right next door to each other, so we got pretty much the same deer pattern. But it was like literally the last 10 days that all of a sudden the uh, amount of pictures we were getting on our food plot uh, decreased by more than 50%. I would agree with that, Wayne. I'm seeing the same thing. Very few deer are coming in. And, you know, we're feeding buck grits right now, and we're not hunting on our properties until the end of October. We'll quit feeding 10 days prior to when we hunt, and it'll all be cleaned up, swept up and everything. But uh, they are hitting the buck grits a little bit, but they've left it alone uh, pretty much too, probably 50% as well. I would agree with that. Yeah, they got the candy corn now they're after. <laughs> yeah, they got that beautiful acre, white oak acre, and it's dropping like yeah. crazy. I can sit here on my front porch, on the southern style porch I got, and hear the acorns hitting the turkey pen, the tin roof we got on the turkey house over here, chicken coop, ting, 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 falling from these big white oaks in the yard. But, you know, white oaks, uh, scouting, back to scouting, if you can find some big white oak trees in the areas that you're hunting, that's where you need to focus. That's where you need to set your trail cameras up. Uh, you will find underneath these white oaks, you'll find busted holes of acorns. You'll find the coal, uh, the caps of the acorns there. You'll find droppings. And some people right now are even finding some, uh, I call them cocky scrapes, early scrapes, and, and some velvet rubs right now. People's reporting seeing that as well. Yeah, I actually had somebody uh, point some out. The, well, see, they, they were talking to somebody on the phone. Uh, this was after the funeral I attended this week, and they were talking to somebody on the phone. He said, well, if you go up there by that, that you'll see some you'll see a couple of scrapes already. So, I mean, yeah, it's starting to happen. And the guys that are getting out and doing the scouting, they're finding those scrapes, and the rubs are starting to get pretty prevalent, too. Wayne? Oh, I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. My phone cut out. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, 
with Redbone, I mean, uh, I saw some small uh, scrapes around my uh, my second food plot. I've seen a couple pop up, uh, just real, you can tell they're just only hitting it maybe every few days. There's nothing, no aggressiveness to it or anything like that. Uh, but the other thing that uh, where people don't take advantage of, and if you are using it, you need to think about maybe reusing it in a different way, and that is like some of your hunting app, map apps, like HuntX and stuff like that, where you can mark where your, your acorn uh, locations are at, and then you'll know, like, okay, well, my these trees produce acorns, like, every third year is a great crop. Uh, and you'll know, like, if you mark it with a date, you can then find that same area, you know, and say, okay, well, next year, where do I need to hunt? And pre-plan your next year hunt based on the uh, acorn droppings over the last couple of years if you've been, if you keep track of your dates on those. You know, that's a great tip, Redbone, that he shared with us there in the Onyx hunt map app you can download on your phone and it gives you all kinds of data gives you uh wind temperature uh wind temperature moon phases just like the wise eye app hunt control and the onyx shows you boundary lines and uh you can actually take it and mark spots on the onyx with tree stands acorn trees water sources fence rows etc and create you labels to put on that app it's pretty neat but another technique before we go to a break, I want to share it with you real quick. If you're walking into a new piece of woods, and I was taught this, and I've shared it several times by my brother Jack Rutledge and also a good friend of mine, turkey hunting, deer hunting buddy, Eddie Salter. He said, when you walk into a woods, you want to look at the treetops from a distance and find the biggest crowned trees in that timber, then walk to them. When you walk to them, look under those trees, in the big crown trees, you can tell if they're white oaks or red oaks or post oaks, whatever. You look for the droppings in the sign, and that's a no-tell, I'm sorry, a telltale spot that you need to set up and hunt, especially with the acorns dropping right now. Yeah, I would agree, and, and, and Alex, when you're looking at those acorns, if you would explain to people uh, the difference between acorns that maybe the turkeys are eating on and the deer are eating on, because the shells look different. Yeah, the, the white oak acorn usually gets a lot bigger than the the uh, black oak or blackjack or post post oak acorns. But the post oak acorn, believe it or not, here in the Ozark, is the most favored acorn of all acorns, mm-hmm. is the post oak. And the post oak is usually smaller, and there's smaller trees. And the red oak acorns, they really get big mm-hmm. like the white oaks. But they're, they're favored probably in the middle or to the end of their favorite acres, the red oaks. But from my observations, the post oaks and white oaks are the two favorite here. So turkeys love post oaks, and squirrels are actually eating post oaks right now, uh, and uh, the white oaks as well, and pine cones. If you're a squirrel hunter, uh, that's the places you need to be focusing right now to shoot some squirrels. But we're going to talk more about strategies and tactics and hunting techniques. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about early season white-tail hunting right after this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Across the creek of a big old Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? 
I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're wait, put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eaglesseed.com. pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never got a word. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, via phone. From my home, Wayne Locke, via phone from his home, and we're talking about early season whitetails. If you just joined us, we thank you for joining us, and we encourage you to listen to us also on our podcast. We're on every podcast carrier available in 19 countries, right, Redbone? Right, Wayne? Yeah, you're pretty much not a podcast carrier you can think of that we're not on. And, uh, again, you know, the best thing about the podcast is if you – Tune in to the radio show and say you missed the first 20 minutes of the show. Don't fret. Just go to the podcast, and you can listen to the whole show in its entirety. Plus, you can go back to the last couple of years and pull in some of those whitetail episodes, too, where we had special guests on, and, and we talked about you know the fall hunting and early season and, and get some of those tips out of there, too. Yeah, we also want to encourage you to visit our website, too. Uh, you go to our website and listen to every show. It's downloaded there as well. So. We appreciate you guys being followers of us. But back to our subject matter, we talked about uh, hunting acorn trees. Uh, food plots are still productive right now. However, the numbers have went down. Uh, visits that we're capturing on our Wazai Hunt Control uh, apps and our cameras. But what I like to do, uh, other than just depending on my cameras, I like to pull into a high spot if I can see over my food plots or power lines or whatever and sit and watch and observe also because your cameras don't always catch exactly where they're coming from or leaving. So it's good to use good optics to to watch your deer and see what they're doing. And most of you know I'm 58 years old now. Uh, Wayne, you're, how old are you now? 54? 54. 54, yep. And Redbone, you're 63? Oh, no, I'm 62. 62, okay, 62. So... You know, we, we still hunt our tree stands out of shooting houses, but I'm a big advocate of hunting out of ground blinds. And Tide Wee has got a new blind out, Wayne. You've seen it. Redbone's seen it. It's a hot item. You can see through from the inside 360 degrees. I love to hunt from the ground at eye level with these deer. So by using optics set back, glassing and watching how these deer are coming and leaving the food plots or hitting acorn trees around the food plots, uh, is a good place to set up ground blinds. And let's talk about setting up ground blinds, Wayne. What is your strategy you like to use, and how do you set up a ground blind on, say, an entrance route coming to food source, whether it's a wide oak dropping or a food plot? Well, as I say, that it really depends. What I, first thing I like to do is find my rubs, and then based on what side of the tree the rub is on, it's going to tell you whether it's a morning location or an evening location. Uh, because if it's an evening location... The rubs will be facing towards the, uh, uh, or excuse me, away from the uh, field. If it's a uh, morning rub, then they're going to be facing uh, towards the field because they're going to be rubbing on their way out and back to their bedding area. So you really need to determine are you going to be hunting more in the evenings or in the mornings, and based on that information is where you need to set your, your blind up. 
I like to set mine, if I can stay in, just inside the woods on, let's say, about uh, 15 yards off of a deer trail, but also 15 yards off of that field edge, to me, that's the ideal location. Because then I can catch any deer that may have came in a different trail. But, you know, them deer, they love to hug those, those that tree line right along that field when they first come out. And that gives you an opportunity then to get one coming that maybe did not come on your trail but is hugging that tree line or get one that's coming on your trail. Redbone, what's your strategy? Uh, yeah, it would be exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, you find that travel route. And I'm like you, Alex. I hunt almost exclusively on the ground now, uh, whether it be in a blind or uh, just, you know, go set myself up uh, in front of a, a big oak tree or something. But, yeah, I like to sit when I find that travel route, I like to sit about 15, 20 yards off that route uh, where I can see the route coming through or where I can see into the open field where the deer may cross coming to the, the travel route uh, coming in. And, you know, a lot of people, and I've actually taken people hunting and said, well, why aren't we sitting on the edge of the field so we can see the whole thing? I said, because the deer are going to come out of the field right over there, and we'll catch them when they mm-hmm. least expect it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like to get the deer where they're comfortable, and I like to be in that region. Yeah, well, I think you both have shared great, great uh, points and great information with our listeners. Now, I'm a little different, not meaning to be different, but I am a little different. I believe in hunting out of shooting houses. Uh, because you get away with movement and your scent control is, is controlled a little better in, in, in shooting houses. And I use those onyx and I use scent elimination. I know you do too, Wayne and Redbone. Mm-hmm. But I love to hunt out of these shooting houses. I do not like to go into my woods. I will not step foot into my timber unless I'm trying to recover a deer. And what in my properties, what I've done, the, the, the timber has become their sanctuaries. By not going into those timbers, it creates a safe atmosphere for them. And when I approach my blinds, my ground blinds, hopefully I'll be getting some of these tied we see-through blinds, man, 360 degrees, and I'll place these blinds where I can access them without being detected. And what I do is when you're going to your blinds, you want to make sure that wind's hitting you in the face and make sure you use some kind of cover slipping into your blind without being detected. So that's a great tip for all of our listeners you know, access your hunting locations without being detected. Yeah, I think that that probably is one of the most important tips that uh, we've mentioned all day uh, is getting into the woods without getting detected. And Alex, that's why uh, I'm not big on hunting the 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 early season is because that is so difficult. Because I'm old, and I'm out of shape, and if I have to walk very far, <laughs> I'm going to start sweating. And you've you've, yeah. you've blown it if you start sweating. And I don't care, you know, you can use all kinds of cover scents and everything else, but if you're sweating profusely, there's not anything in the world going to cover all that up. And if a deer comes in downwind, you're busted. That's just all there is to it. Well, what I do, and uh, Wayne, you may want to interject, I uh, carry some elimination with me. If I get hot and sweaty, wipe towels, whatever, I'll wipe myself down after I've sweated and got in there. And again, I do use ozonics, and the ozonics kills anything, and I, that may come between, from my left or right, depending on which the wind current's flowing, and it neutralizes the air between me and that animal when they come in. And I'm telling you, ozonics doesn't pay me a dime, but I believe in ozonics and Redbone. Uh, Wayne will tell you he's seen this film several deer come in downwind, and I killed one of the oldest deer I ever killed in my life with a bow uh, here on this farm, here at the Rutledge Farm. 
and was using ozonics. And there was 30-some does in the food plot when they come in there. And this deer was over 10 years old that I killed. That's hard to believe, but he was. <laughs> and they just did not detect us. But you can um, protect yourself by being sent free by wiping down if you trans- uh, perspired on your way to the stand by wiping down and using ozonics. Wayne? Yeah, I mean, scent control obviously is just a, a huge thing. And another thing that people need to pay attention to is don't look at your, uh, just look at your weather forecast of, you know, hey, what's the wind doing, you know, this morning? I'm getting ready to go in. Oh, it's coming out of the northeast. You need to get yourself, make sure you have an app that allows you to go advance your timeline to later in the afternoon and evening so that you can see how the wind is going to change direction. Say you got a front coming in, mm-hmm. the storm moves in, or sometimes you just get, just a wind change during the middle of the day. Uh, if, if you don't check, you could go and do everything right, get in your stand, be in your stand, and then all of a sudden, an hour and a half later, the wind changes direction. Mm-hmm. And all because you, you, you didn't know. Now, had you known that the wind was going to be switching directions and staying that way for the rest of the day, your smarter bet would have just been wait that extra hour and a half till the wind changes and then hit the correct stand based on the wind that you'll have mm-hmm. for the majority of your hunting time. I tell you what you can do before we go to a break here. We got a couple minutes left. I want to touch on a couple of things. You could take a literally a smoke bomb and light that smoke bomb, and the way you go into your stand, set it up and see where that smoke gets carried to. It'll blow your mind. Sometimes it may circle and come back around to your right or left. It's crazy how thermals and how current can take your scent to a different location. It's crazy. Uh, that being said, it's important right now for everybody to be shooting your rifles. And you know, most of us have already done our bow shooting and got tuned in and dialed in and got confidence in making that shot. But we want to encourage you to be shooting your rifles right now, getting ready for rifle season, shooting good hornet ammunition, especially the kids. We need to take them out and let them shoot as much as possible to build their confidence. So right now is a great time to be doing that. And uh, we're going to go to a break, everybody. When we come back, we got uh, segment four coming up after this. And we appreciate you listening. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American. Redbone, Wayne, have you heard about the 12-volt power packs? I've heard a little bit. Tell me more. Yeah, what it is, it's it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras, uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative, Wayne. Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six-year-old helping me set them up in the woods on my wise eyes. If you want to improve your battery life and your cell cameras, check out the 12-volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's jkroutdoors.com. Buck Grits 12-Volt Power Pack presents American Roots Outdoors segment four of the show. Again, we've been talking early season whitetail strategies and techniques, and we've covered some great topics uh, about thermals, elimination, blind locations, uh, introduced you to a new company we'll be working with, Tide We, a uh, great company here, American-owned company. 
They make great products. We've talked about strategies going to and from your stand locations, your blind locations. Uh, Wayne and Redbone, they like to hunt the edges of timbers. I like to stay out from the edges if I can. And uh, I never like to step foot in my timber, which they're barely going in the timber. They're not walking through the timber, going to their locations, which is a great technique, great uh, strategy to use. Uh, I want to open it up for Wayne to kick off some of his early season strategies he has used hunting in some of the upper states before he came here. Let's talk about your early season. How would you approach hunting early season suburban deer in Cleveland when you hunted up there? <clears throat> well, boy, that, that's a whole two episode uh, <laughs> on that. But I, I, to be honest with you, there's really sum it up uh, a couple key points quickly. If you're hunting urban deer, um, one of the things that uh, first two things I did was once I knew the area that I was hunting, I got the bus schedule and the trash schedule from the city. And uh, the reason being is everybody knows when, the, you know, everybody gets up to work basically at the same time, gets in the garage, leaves, and that, well, there's that movement that will affect your deer, you know, getting them traveling, you know, behind the yards and, and through the neighborhood and stuff. But the other thing that, believe it or not, which actually will impact your, your deer movement in these urban areas is the school buses picking kids up because you're going to have your kids out there making a lot of noise. You're going to have the school bus coming in. A trash pickup, too. Uh, trash pickup, if you hunt, uh, say, a, a neighborhood and it's not on a trash day, you'll have a deer coming in, coming in at, the state, let's say, uh, 7.15 every day, between 7.15 and 8 o'clock. But if it's trash pickup day, you may not see them deer until 10 or 11 o'clock. Believe it or not, those two things is the most overlooked thing that I talk, when I talk to other urban hunters that they don't think about. And they're like, man, I had this deer pegged. I, you know, they're showing up on trail camera. Every day, 7.15, 7.30, I go out there, they weren't there. My first question to them is, was it trash day? And it, 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 yeah. it may sound funny to people out here, <laughs> you know, don't think about that, but when you're, when, because for me, you know, I'm hunting only, you know, uh, one and a half to three acre plots. So I have a very slim opportunity of getting on the, a deer on the little bit of property that I had. You know, you get two neighbors to sign the permission slip. You turn it into the city to get your, your permit. And so you only got, you know, anywhere from one and a half to three acres to hunt on. So you mm-hmm. really have to, you know, have your, your, your eyes dotted, your teeth crossed when you get in there because you're going to be very limited. The other thing, uh, you know, we always avoided Saturday mornings because when do people cut their grass? Generally Saturday mornings because they're working Monday through Friday in the suburbs there. So Saturday morning, everybody's on their lawnmower cutting their grass. You ain't going to get no deer walking through your backyards if everybody's in their backyard cutting grass. So that wow. was another thing. You know, um, it's a whole different, a whole different world, a whole different ball game when you talk urban hunting. Great information, Redbone. Yeah, I think so. Although, <clears throat> wouldn't you think that the, and maybe not, I'm just asking the question, I would think that the deer would also pattern themselves based on those things that are done on a regular basis like the buses coming and the trash. I mean, you know, I mean, deer get used to farmers who feed on a pretty regular schedule and they get used to them being in a field. And I, I don't know, I would, and, and maybe, maybe not, uh, but I would think that the deer would also get used to that pattern of the trash trucks and, and the school buses in the morning and then again in the afternoon and would, and would just avoid that altogether. And, and they do, yeah, and they do. And that's why I was saying that, You'll get your, your bus schedule down because 
There's no reason to be sitting in your stand, you know, and get there, you know, uh, before the bus pickup because then they're not going to come through till after that bus is gone. Okay. Especially when you got the kids out in the yards running around at the bus stops and uh, a lot of these uh, urban areas, they'll, they'll stop, you know, like every block, block and a half to pick up, you know, those two or three kids from that, that neighborhood, uh, or, you know, from that street uh, and then move on to the next one. So you, if you know the bus schedule, then you can time your hunt based on getting into your stand while the kids are out waiting for their bus. And then when the bus leaves and comes through, the deer know, okay, bus is gone. I can now come out and start moving around. So, yeah, they do pattern themselves. Now, the trash pickup, that's a whole different story because, you know, deer don't pattern themselves of, hey, every seven days I got to make sure I'm in a different area. Yeah. Uh, But uh, for bus pickup, yeah, I always try to time getting into my stand during the time the kids were still out at the bus stop making all that noise. Well, I'm going to add lib. I'm going to add lib. I want to add lib to this. I do believe 100% that deer do pattern people and we pattern deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can program your deer just like you can program cattle. If you go into an area to check your cameras or to dump feed or, or if you've got, for example, give you an example to prove my point. If you, how many times have you drove by a highway in this field every day at the same time and you see deer standing in that field and it doesn't bother them? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they do get programmed. But they do yeah. know, especially old mature deer, smart old does, old big mature bucks. They they truly know to avoid things that's not normal. And Wayne, you're spot on with it. Yeah. So yeah, and there was some, there was something that we used to that I used to when I took other hunters out there for their first urban hunt. I would point out to them like you know with binoculars, say okay, what I want you to do is you, you see those two does, you know, bedded behind that garage right there, and he, they'd be like, yeah, I see them. And I said, now watch them. I said, in, a, in about 10 more minutes, you're going to see them get up and leave. And sure enough, they got up and left, and then five minutes later, here comes the person out the door getting in their car to go to work because them, them deer know. They yeah. had, that, they had that, that's their bedded area. That's where they, they sleep every night is behind that guy's garage, and they knew what time every morning that those people came outside, and they always made sure they got up and left prior to them coming out. It was, it was really neat to watch because – you could just really, literally peg and watch them get up and move before that person came out every single day. Good information. Great information. I want to make mention of a couple of things coming up this weekend. This Saturday, October the, I'm sorry, September 24th, the CRSA smallmouth tournament is at Donovan, Missouri. Two-man tournament, five fish weigh in, smallmouth only, not responsible for accidents. All rules and regulations are to be obeyed by the MDC and Water Patrol. Also, October the 8th is Tyler Farr in concert at Van Buren, Missouri. Get your tickets online or buy them at the gate. And if anybody was interested in becoming a sponsor, contact me. We can get you a banner up front on stage and some tickets. Uh, Also, I want to make mention, October the 1st, I'll be speaking at Cross Trail Outfitters in Springfield, Missouri. It's a youth ministry for youth, and I'll be the guest speaker there in Springfield on October the 1st. Uh, contact me, and I'll give you more information about that. And I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, what a great show and great subject matter. We got to touch on urban hunting, too, for people that hunt close to the sea limits that listen to our show. That's great information from Wayne Locke and great information from Redbone. Redbone, you want to add anything before we hang up here? No, no, high school football season is going on. Get out and support those kids in your town and uh, go watch some high school football. I guarantee you'll have a good time.
Wayne, talk about a podcast. Bonus yep, if you're uh, if you missed any of the radio shows, just join into the podcast. Go to your favorite podcast carrier and uh, uh, type in American Roots Outdoors. Click on like. You'll get our updates every single week. And, uh, again, we want to thank you for being a listener and make sure you leave us a review. Yes, sir. And we want to thank you for being faithful listeners again. And remember, share the outdoors with a child, your neighbors. Introduce hunting and the outdoors to somebody new. You know, it's a God-given right that we have to experience his great creation. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady. Each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly. Simply put, the best. Hornady Ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. Wise presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. If you're listening to this, that means you're listening to your podcast. We appreciate you being a podcast listener. And be sure to also check out our website for some great apparel. And we got some great deer hunting gear, too, on there, like uh, deer grunts and uh, doe bleats and all that kind of stuff and cans. And um, Redbone, uh, again, thank you for doing the uh, bonus segment here with me today. Uh, Alex had to leave. Uh, he's going to get out and try and mow his grass before it rains again, and I'm looking at the skies right now, and I think he's got about maybe 30 minutes to hop on that mower real quick because it's starting to get dark again. Okay? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get it done. I'm looking at the radar, and I can pretty much tell you it's not. Uh, but anyway, you know, we were, we were talking about uh, early season tips and tactics and, and things like that, Wayne, during the radio show. And, folks, you can go, yep. you know, you can listen to the radio show on the podcast uh, where you're listening to this bonus segment. And here's the one thing. We didn't get into it on the radio show. The best thing, if you're not an early season hunter, the best thing to do to get ready for mid-season or late season is to talk to the guys that are. Because they're out there doing the, the early season scouting from a blind, from a tree stand. And, you know, if you hunt property or similar property, those guys can get you a lot of information to help you when you do get ready to go. Oh, exactly, exactly. And, there, and plus you'll be able to, you know, get the idea, you'll get an idea from them of not only, you know, when, what areas may be the best to hunt, but what deer are they actually seeing? They may be seeing deer uh, that you have not even seen over on your property, and you could mm-hmm. you might live right next door. I mean, you look at me and Alex, Alex will have deer on his cameras that I do not have on mine and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'll send him a picture of my camera. And we literally, you can look out my front door and see Alex's front door, but I will have bucks on my camera, and he'll be like, man, I've never seen that buck before. And we're right across the road from each other. Yeah, and, and then as the season progresses, those deer will move. Exactly. Yep. Especially and the bucks. Keeps his, and we've always said, 
you keep the does on your property, you'll have the bucks. You'll have, you're guaranteed to have the bucks come in too. Yeah, and that and that is really the key right there is, is to have the does and keep the does happy so they continue to come back because eventually those bucks will follow them in there. All right, so uh, <clears throat> what what else have you got for us as far as early season tactics? And again, I am not well, an early season yeah. hunter at all. Well, a couple things. One thing that was not uh, talked about, uh, at least while you know while I joined, and I don't think it was mentioned before I got on the, the radio though, was the um, your watering sources. If you're an early season bow hunter, you really need to try and put yourself between a watering source and your and your food source. Whether that watering source is a small pond, uh, whether that watering source is a watering hole that you had put in by MDC, like through their programs that mm-hmm. I've done on my property. Um, but if you can get yourself near a watering hole, because them deer, when they do get up from their beds, the, one of the first things they're going to do on a, on a warm day is they're going to go right to a watering spot and mm-hmm. get a drink. And again, people overlook, they think, oh, I need a pond or something. I got to be near, you know, next to a creek or a river. No, you don't. You literally, uh, if you can find yourself like a tree that's been blown over, you know how those trees get those whole root systems mm-hmm. pulled up out of the ground? Now you're talking about a, a hole in the ground that's a, the size of like a small SUV. That's all you need to hold a little bit of water, and you'd be surprised that you will get deer. If you go, if you find one of those, you will find deer tracks all around it. Because they only, it, it, the closer they can, that deer can have water to their bedding area, that's the source they're going to use the most because they want to stay as close to their bedding area as they can during the daytime. Yeah, and, and they want that, uh, that, that, that watering source is in the woods it's even better or the closest pond to the woods. I mean, that's better. And you got to remember that that's the one constant about deer is they're always scared to get out in the open. Uh, They just do not want to do it and will avoid doing it at almost all cost. Right. And I'm like you, Redbone. I'm more of a wood hunter than I am a field hunter. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't hunt fields too often. Late season, I will. Uh, but that's pretty much about it. Uh, during the, um, the you know early season, mid season, I like to be in the woods. That's where I want to be. The disadvantage, though, as you know, as long as there's leaves on the trees, your hunting time is cut down by about forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and 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 the, it's going to get dark in them woods a whole lot quicker than it yes. will on them field edges. Exactly, but then you can creep to the field edges, and I mean, at, at that point, I mean, and that's what I do. Uh, you know, when it gets too dark to hunt in the woods. Then I slowly make my way to the edge. Uh, that's why, you know, I'm talking about, you know, just being 15, 20 yards off the edge of that field. Uh, but then, yeah, right. I'm going to go to the edge of that field. That's one of the things I taught my youngest son, Adam, when he started hunting. I said, never go into a field without stopping and glass that field first. And I don't care if it's, you know, middle of the day when you're you're coming out to go eat lunch or if it's uh, you know, in the evening when you quit hunting the woods. You've always got to check that field because there's a good chance if you're hunting close to a food plot that there's going to be some deer in that field. Oh, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And that's one of the biggest things that we look at doing when we come out. Uh, you get a lot of my buddies, especially up there in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, that I have, you know, friends of mine. They will they will leave their stand because it's got too dark in the middle of the woods. And on their way out. They'll hit that blind that we talked about putting, you know, a blind mm-hmm. about 15 yards off the edge mm-hmm. of the field. They'll go right from their stand right to their blind, and they'll get that last 45 minutes hunting that field edge from their blind. Yeah. Because yeah. those deer, like you, you know, if you, especially if you get where the sun is setting behind you mm-hmm. and it's casting that shadow, 
onto that side of the, the field, they're going to hug that shadow because them deer don't want to, like you said, they don't want to be seen. So not only are they going to play the tall grass in their favor, but they're going to play that, that shadows in their favor too. And they're going to hug that shadow line all the way around until the sun sets and then they can go out to the middle of the field. Yeah, and, and it's a that, big overlooked thing, and you, and you nailed it on the head when you said, you know, uh, you know, glass that field before you go out. Absolutely, absolutely, or before you even go walk the tree line back to the truck, or whatever the case may be. All right, so a lot of good right, information right. today. A lot of good information today, Wayne, uh, between the radio show and then here in the bonus segment. And, and I know we're going to continue with the, this discussion with tips and, and things that we're seeing and, and things that we're hearing from other hunters, uh, because. Deer season is here. The bow hunters are out already. Uh, the gun hunters are starting to get ready and starting to get itchy trigger uh, trigger fingers. <laughs> you know, here we are. What about eight weeks from from gun season in Missouri? So, yeah, the time is now, guys. And that, you know, last thing I want to say today is, and Alex mentioned it. Get your gun sighted in. Uh, you know, get out and shoot them. Make sure they're they're operating properly. Uh, now's the time to do that. You don't want to have to be doing that two or three days before season opens. Because then if you've got a problem, you don't have any time to get it corrected. Right, exactly. Yeah, you're going to be over at Brawley's uh, gun repair trying to get it fixed. <laughs> and he is going to be telling you, sorry, ain't going to happen because he's already jammed. Yeah, but well, because he's yeah, already and, in and the like, woods. For me, I don't, even, yeah, I don't even own a rifle. So, you know, being from, coming from Ohio, you know, muzzleloader was the only thing and shotgun was the only thing that we did. So I've got to get myself invested into a, a rifle here in Missouri. Um and, uh, and and take advantage of this rifle season that everybody is so uh, crazy about here. Uh, although I'll, I'll go out with my muzzle loader, I have no problem with that. I love my muzzle loader. Well, you can always take the shotgun and the slug. I mean, there there have been millions yeah. of deer killed with shotguns and slugs over the years. Oh, you ain't kidding! And that was and especially like with today's like Hornady loads and that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy accurate. How I mean, shooting 150, 175, 180 yards with a, a shotgun nowadays. Is like, eh, no big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would have talked about that 10 years ago. People would have thought you were crazy. Exactly. All right, so Wayne, let's wrap it up. Yep. Well, again, thank you for listening to the podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. And again, leave us a review. It always takes a minute. Check out our uh, website. Check out our Facebook page. And also check out the podcast Facebook group. Uh, we got all kinds of different uh, tips and information and and links on there. Plus, we're going to be doing some giveaways this uh, deer season as the season gets closer to the uh, uh, rifle season and that and shotgun season areas. We're going to be doing some Hornady giveaways. So, again, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. And like we say here at American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>